should be recording this right now. This is so good. Such like a the quality is conversation like we've ever had. The every bit of bodily fluid dripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Oh, What's the point? Eleven o'clock on a Sunday. Guys, I haven't even started telling you about the fucking discoveries I've made in 4K. Like Ultra HD oh. just opens a whole new world of like being able to see everything. It's gross as all hell, but I love it. Like all hell. But just dripping ooze, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm into it. And HDR makes all the liquids seem even that much more like viscous and nasty. So boom. Boom. <laughs> I know. And we rec- we didn't even record the best part of this conversation. So boys are gross. Welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode 124. I'm Mark. <laughs> I'll be your host this week. I'm here with Christy, who is now grossed out. Who is the one that always so brings up gross. poop? <laughs> it's 11 yeah. o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> That's me. That wasn't even what I was going to say. My thing is, who keeps making us record at 11 o'clock on a Sunday? I'm not going to edit myself to be less gross at a different time. We choice to be gross. Okay, 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 okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. I validate you. I validate your Thank choice. You. Thank you. Yep. <sighs> that was me. That you was started me. it. Kind of. I did not. You asked about porn, didn't you? No, actually, that was Tim. No. Yeah, right. Sorry. We were talking about about something else. We're doing in your TV. Yeah, I know. We were talking about something else, but like the TV. Don't get your new TV off the porn. So they go hand in hand, right? That sounds like a challenge. Well, no, I'm sitting like 10 feet back from the TV. I can't shoot that far. (laughs) Like six foot range. Hey. I'm up for it. Let's do this thing. You wonder why I don't share the podcast. <laughs> so I'm obviously here with Tim, too. Tim's here. Say hello. Hi, everybody. Awesome. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? I mean, I've, I've grossed Christy out at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I think I'm doing very well. I'm pretty tired. We were at Alicia's uh, work Christmas party until, like, 2 in the morning last night, and, like, it was fucking, like, turnt. Like, there were people, like, falling down. Like, they, put, they were playing, like, fucking ying yang twins like get low and shit at a work function like that's seeing people like singing like yeah sweat drip down my balls that's uh like that. that's like there's a there's a wedding scene in like the last the most recent season of letter kenny where they use uh fuck the pain away by peaches <laughs> nice like they're like the two so this gay couple gets married and like their first dance is to fuck the pain away and i'm like <laughs> <Pain away. laughs> I, love, I love letter kenny so i'm well. there I'm yeah there for that. it was pretty good i've heard i quite enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah how you doing, Christy? You're very quiet now. Now we grossed you out. I'm <clears throat> I'm waking up because uh yeah. I uh oh okay. <laughs> I'm oh. good. I'm I'm right. I'm getting there. Um why don't we just get into the news then? Uh because there was some stuff. Yeah, let's jump. Um I actually didn't really see any news. Did you guys see anything this week that was exciting? How are you guys doing with that? Uh I don't know. There's one thing that uh, just the entire internet got a boner over. Oh right, that thing. Yeah. Uh, so the Avengers Endgame trailer. Mark, how I'm doing. I'm doing a fucking that. bit, Christy. Why can't you do bits and I can't oh. do bits? It's not fair. I was just super disappointed in you for a minute. I was like, "What?" Just well, you're just like, Christy, this that was terrible improv. You're supposed yeah. to be like, "Yes and yes and yeah, exactly." <laughs> Where did my yes and go? I was, <laughs> I was just really upset by the fact that I thought that Mark did not remember to talk he probably about... just watched it so many times that he like gave himself a stroke and like just basically blurred that forgot, out of his memory basically forgot the entire trailer now like i need to watch yeah. it again so that i can actually <laughs> talk about it because i've watched it so many goddamn times but yeah so the avengers 4 trailer came out and we got a title so it's avengers endgame mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That was a pretty intense opening with um, Tony. With Tony, Denny. yeah, Tony, yeah. Tony talking to Pepper through the helmet. And I was, Ugh. I was there for like every second of that trailer, yeah. like every frame of it. I was like, yeah, this all works for me. Yeah. Like they got Hawkeye in the Ronin costume. I was like, God damn, yes, we're doing this thing. Let's do yeah. it. And I, so I was. Is Hawkeye Ronin? Yeah, man. Like the Ronin character was one of Hawkeye's. Uh, what happened to him? I think it was like post House of M. I think after House of M, he like had amnesia or something. And he went off and became Ronan. He was in the uh, that new Avengers uh, run that I'm always talking about, the Brian Michael Bendis one. He joins the new Avengers as Ronan at first, and then eventually kind of goes back to being Hawkeye. So. Does everybody know that it's still like the same dude, or is it? And they're just like trying to play it off, like, yeah, hey, Ronan. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he everybody, know, everybody knows it's Clint. I think underneath, but like, there's. There's some good stuff like early on where like Spider-Man's just making fun of him for having a different costume. He's like, why are you all wearing black? What happened? You're real spooky. Like just starts cutting into yeah. him, like going edgelord kind of with that costume. Oh, it's pretty God. funny. I want to see fucking uh, Tom Holland do that in this movie now. Oh, absolutely. Like that's what, what? I need. The when, other problem he is gets like Wolverine's. Yeah. Like Wolverine's supposed to be like on that team and he does the same. It's always in that run. The comedy. It's like they're almost uh, Waldo. What's the goddamn Muppets? Statler. I always ask. Statler and Waldorf, he kind of uses Spidey and Wolverine as Statler and Waldorf for like the entire <laughs> run. So whenever anything snarky has to happen, Spider-Man starts and then Wolverine will start on Spidey and then just be like, no, I'm bored of dealing with Spidey. I'm going to actually attack what Spidey was attacking first. And then they just start in on it. It's great. <laughs> like just great pages of like the two of them just ripping into every team member. Yeah. I love that little run. But yeah, it's going to be I'm excited for this fucking movie. Like, I don't know if anybody else could tell. But yeah. I thought the trailer was really good. I was really happy that they're like, this could be a really, it could be a, you know, an easy trap to fall into to just do like, oh, this has to be like huge and epic and like crazy yeah. effects kind of thing. But they seem to be at least as, as yeah. if, you know, this trailer is to be believed that they're going more into like, no, let's go to like really like serious character moments and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, you know, bring back some of the old continuity out of these characters and how it's affected them and that, yeah. that sort of thing. So it looks, and the boys have some pretty interesting theories about uh, how everything's <laughs> going to fit in. I was reading them on our yeah. chat. <laughs> we don't want to sit around like hypothesize on the podcast about stuff we don't actually know about. But like in the chat, I will sit there and hypothesize all goddamn day. Because, yeah, I have theories yeah. out the wazoo when it comes to uh, what's going on. Yeah, mainly like what what's going to happen to Steve Rogers. Guys, I'm so sorry. I got to leave for a minute. Okay. okay. You keep talking about this. Probably got poop. It's entirely possible. Now, do we pause or do we just keep going? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what a minute means in Christy speak. Yeah, no, neither do I. Um, <laughs> either way, let's. Uh, did you have anything else you want to talk about with Avengers? I'm trying to think of anything else in the trailer that was like crazy. No, I mean, it they just, didn't show it, any of the snapped okay. Avengers, which I thought was interesting. Like, and then the fact that they did bring uh, Scott like at the end. I mean, yeah, that was a nice little tease. That just makes me fucking smile. Like he's so yeah. just like personable. I'm like, yeah, Paul Rudd's here. And he's Doing goofy Paul Rudd shit. I'm in. And how they showed Bruce earlier in the trailer, like looking at the at picture of Scott as though he was missing, yeah. and they obviously assume that he was part of the snapshot. But well, it would I mean, know. what other assumption would you make, right? Like everybody yeah. disappeared while he was in the quantum realm, and he was stuck in the quantum yeah. realm. So like, you're just gonna be like, well, yeah, I guess he's fucking gone too. That sucks. And yeah. I wonder if they. I wonder if anybody's gonna pick up on the pattern that it's basically just the original Avengers and the people who are necessary to defeat Thanos that are still out kind of thing yeah like somebody's gonna be like wow it's real convenient that like captain marvel didn't get snapped 
Yeah, and we'd already talked a little bit. I don't, can't remember if it was on air or not, but uh, about potentially Scott being the one that helps them to get into the Soul Stone. Yeah, which I, I'm kind of assuming is where all the snaptured people ended up. Yeah, I'm I'm in that camp as well. So I assume I assume that like the like my finale assumption, and I guess we can cut this out or we can leave it in, whatever. But like I think like taking Thanos down will be the original Avengers job, and getting the people unsnapped will be Scott and uh, Carol's job. Like that's kind of going to how be it, yeah. it divides because I think taking Thanos down has to be like, I want to see the big three beat the shit out of him, like, or the big four, I guess, really. Like I want the Hulk in there too. And like get his yeah. kind of revenge moment kind of thing for getting his ass mm-hmm. kicked at the beginning of infinity war. So you need that. And then, but like, you got to give Carol and Scott something to do at that point. So yeah, it should be their responsibility to go do. That's a lot of power, like between the quantum realm science and like what captain Marvel does, like she's very powerful. So it makes sense yeah. for them to be like, go deal with that. We're going to go fucking put Thanos in the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it would be most appropriate for the uh, original Avengers to be the ones that take him down. I don't know what the fuck, what the fuck Red or Black Widow is going to do, but I mean, moral support. I don't know. Like at that point, even Steve's like massively out fucking gunned in that fight or Clint for that matter. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume it's going to be a very like, new armor tony plus thor plus hulk kind of fight like that's yeah. the power level that they're working on at that point so yeah what happens i'm excited though so there's that what else, what is she doing is she letting us know what's going on no uh no not that i can see uh well here there's some shit that she probably doesn't know anything about that we could we could talk about there's some shit i don't even know about but it is apparently going to be a new marvel movie this uh, shang chi yeah so they did announce that there's a Shang Chi. It's on my. It's in my news. So Shang Chi's like a a very legacy kind of in the Iron Fist mold. Like he plays in that corner of the universe a lot, like the kung fu side of Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool though because it's gonna be like their first Asian lead, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people thought it should be Iron Fist, but like in the comics, Iron Fist is a white guy. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a mighty whitey story, but like, whatever. Should they have probably just done Shang Chi then? More than likely, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That probably would have been the safer bet for higher dynamic. No, but like, I don't think Shang Chi's been like, that's true. Yeah, I know. And like, that's that's where I'm torn because like Iron Fist and Luke Cage is one of my favorite combos in comics. So I'm like, do you replace Iron Fist so that people don't get angry? My first reaction is fuck that. No, like, I'd rather just have like, let them be. Everybody's going to be angry about everything anyway. Just at least get me a decent Danny Rand. And then I didn't even get that. So like, yeah, he was getting he he was getting there. Absolutely. You're not wrong. Yeah. But like at first I was like, ah, shit. So now I'm going to get all this controversy and the show kind of blows too, which mm-hmm. um, whatever. But yeah, no, that's exciting. Like that they're going to get there. I'm excited now. like in the post Avengers four world, like post end game, the, the weird shit that they can do now, like they've told the big superhero story. Now they can go kind of draw from different, do more like, like indie kind of shit and, or even just more niche superhero stuff, right? Like go do Shang-Chi or like pick up and like, reboot blade now like this is the right time to do it you're just like you want to rebuild new franchises you know blade's an established property that'll do well don't even get wesley snipes find somebody else just retell blade because blade's awesome yeah like there's all kinds of little characters like that you can grab and do stuff with yeah so like the future of marvel is like i'm pretty excited about it the other stuff i've got here this is kind of a Christie story the good place is confirmed to come back for another year did see that it's kind of like a non-story because basically the story was just like they rebooted it again. I'm like, they reboot every year because that's what the good place yeah. does. Like that's what the comedy of the good place entails. But the fact that it's getting a fourth season, I'm impressed the show's doing so well. Cause it's, it's, I don't know. It's it, like, I think you would think it would need 
I don't know, more thought to like watch it because it is like it's very continuity heavy and stuff. Yeah. But it's so fucking funny. I guess people are just kind of clinging to it. Regardless, you watched all of uh, season three. Are you like caught up? I have not. Set, I haven't sat down yet and uh, done that. The same with the next story where I got like Doctor Who's confirmed they're coming back with Jodie Whittaker for next yeah. year. I still haven't finished that season yet either. Uh, that season's not done yet though. But no, but they they announced that the, the new season's yeah, happening yeah. already. Like the BBC already said, like, oh, we're coming back with another season, and like Jodie Whittaker's already been like, yeah, it's me. I'm coming yeah. back. I'm excited to come back. So not that anybody's is anybody surprised. Like, <laughs> no, no, not at all. But the Good Place finale was this past week, and it was really good. It was this whole like um, sort of matrixy kind of thing where the whole gang gets drawn into Janet's like being. And they're in. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, like some crazy shit starts happening, and they basically at first they don't even have their own bodies. They are all Janets, but they're that's like amazing. there's like Chidi Janet, there's like Tahani and all that. Stuff. Yeah, Tahani yeah. Janet, and yeah, I love and, and so it's She's that actress wife. doing uh, impressions of all the other characters. That must be God. I got I got to sit down and watch it. Yeah. That's so good. That sounds hilarious. Those actors are all like that cast is amazing. Like they're so fucking funny together. Yeah, and I have such a thing for. Uh, Tahani for Jamila Jamila Jamil yeah yeah Jamila, she's been Jamil. doing some awesome like, social media work recently as well oh yeah and yeah calling yeah. out like people for pushing like diet fads that are like basically fucking diuretics that are really not healthy and shit and yeah and she's been doing a lot of stuff about uh, stuff and like she's yeah, doing a lot of like anti photoshopping stuff yeah, yeah too which was really cool uh I've been following her since like I've just like I started watching The Good Place and started following her and then saw like all the stuff she was doing and I was like she is awesome. Yeah. I just thought she was like a tall, gorgeous, funny woman. So I was like, this is great. But the fact that she's doing all this extra stuff, I'm like, actually, it kind of ties into the meat of the episode. And like, she's like also a good person on top of doing all the stuff that we enjoy watching. So yeah. uh, that's kind of cool. I don't know if I want to keep going because like the next, the only two other stories I really have are like uh, the Golden Globe nominations and the Game Awards happened last night. And what else is happening? Oh, here you go. Announcement wise, did you see? So there's two DC announcements, like two movie announcements. Yeah. Apparently, Lego Batman 2 is in development. Which is kind of cool because I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, not a lot of details about it, but like the guy who wrote it confirmed this week that Lego Batman Two is happening. Yeah, so that's awesome. And then DC has announced a Plastic Man movie. Did you see this? I did. I think it could work. Like if I if I'm gonna want like a DC comedy, I don't want. I don't think I want like whatever they're trying to do with Shazam. This is what I want. Something like more like Madcap and like somewhere where you get just this weird character maybe existing in that darker kind of universe type mm-hmm. thing like maybe like lampooning it a bit that like plastic man i think could be dc's like deadpool-y kind of character i was actually thinking that when i saw the announcement i'm like they wanted deadpool i think and that's what they're kind of going for which is cool like it's it's a good and like plastic man's an awesome character like he's a fun character to kind of like remember the way they used him on the animated in the animated universe the old timverse Mm-hmm. stuff where they would like he just drop in say some goofy shit and then disappear yeah like that kind of stuff i'm like that's totally fine for me as a plastic man and if they get like a 90 minute movie where he's just like i don't even know who you get to play him but just like manic and bouncing off the walls literally in plastic man's case because that's kind of what he can do yeah i'd be kind of there for that especially if he's kind of busting the other guy's balls in the interim like he's ragging on superman and batman just because he's also a superhero in that universe and yeah Everybody's like, wow, you're not as good at this as those guys. And he's like, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. How does that sound? Yeah. It's a, a female writer as well, apparently. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Amanda Idoko, who is a writer on the ABC show, The Mayor. I don't know. I've never even heard of yeah, that show. 
Christy's back. Christy is back. Mm-mm. Sorry, guys. I'm not going to lie. It was a poop emergency. <laughs> we actually That's actually said that. I'm not cutting any of this out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not cutting any of this out. And a poop emergency? Did exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was immediate and ne- necessary. <laughs> immediate and necessary. Wow. That's good. You didn't miss. It was just all comic book movie yeah. stuff that you. I figured you guys could chat yeah. since it was just news. It would not be detrimental for me to leave and have my poo emergency. But yeah, but uh, we do have one last well, thing no, we wanted to get on. your opinions. Oh, before before you, since we're talking about the uh, Plastic Man one, um, there was one that was a not announced, but like a report say last week that was another DC character that was apparently. The uh, Jaime Reyes uh, version of Blue Beetle is in development oh, yeah, as a movie that. for DC as well, which I think could be cool because that's like an interesting little corner of that universe, like a relatively young character, like minority character. I think that could be them maybe trying to go Black Panther. It could also be them trying to go Miles Morales, which is probably yeah. a closer analog to that actual character. True, true. But yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, going with a minority lead in that kind of case would be probably to their benefit, yeah. but that, I like that character. The blue beetle, the new blue beetle character is interesting. Yeah, and he's based out of I think it's New Mexico or New Mexico or Arizona, like somewhere in that area, which would be a cool take because that's not really an area that we've seen represented in any like comic book movies or genre movies really very often before. Thor, Thor. yeah, Thor was in and New the Mexico. very first one. That's true. Yeah, so I mean, like, but no, it is true. Like, but that wasn't like the really, that, like like you're not really getting that culture there, kind of thing. It was no. just sort of that. This is where it's set. All these characters mm-hmm. are from, you know, big city kind of thing. Yeah, no, and like I agree. Like you get to play up that, especially if they're doing like New Mexico, that area. You get to play up that like Breaking Bad desert kind of cholo feeling. And, yeah, yeah, kind of stuff in the background, which is cool. So I don't. I, I'll go see it. I'll go see all this stuff. But like, <laughs> it's nice. I like the fact that DC is. It looks like they're trying to move away from doing like the big cohesive universe and, but like kind of staying in that universe, but just doing characters that are kind of way off to the side. Yeah. Not really continuity heavy. They're just doing like, Hey, there's a shared universe, but we're not going to do like the, Hey, everything's really interlinked kind of thing. And then they can get back to that eventually if they want to, like you develop all these characters eventually like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we do want to do like Paul and I were joking yesterday while we were recording the other podcast to be like, why don't they just do like, just go for it and do the big dark side movie that you want to do. Mm-hmm. make a bunch of money and then go to town and then make all these other movies. Like, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what they want to do, but that's, I'm in for all these little things. Like Shazam still looks weird to me, but like Aquaman's coming up. I'm excited for that. Not like infinity or uh, Endgame excited, but I am looking forward to seeing it. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have two more things and they're just kind of award season is starting to hit us. So the golden globe nominations have come out. I figured oh. Christy would be interested in some of the, some of that stuff. So I'll just go through like the top, maybe five categories. Best Picture Drama, surprisingly, Black Panther is at the top of the list. Well, Black Panther made it, Panther made it onto AFI's Top 100 this year, yeah. like and special mention. Yeah, Golden Globe nomination. Yeah. Yeah. For best um, well, that's what this is. Golden Globe nomination is Best yeah. Picture uh, oh, yeah. Drama. So Black, uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born are the drama uh, nominations. So that's kind of a... I've actually seen two of those movies, and I'm looking to see the uh, t- another two, so... Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's the first comic book movie ever to be nominated for yeah. Best Picture, like Best Picture uh, Award. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So that's kind of cool. I think it's going to go to Star is Born, though. The buzz. From the, like, uh, the I mean, buzz. just for the actual Best Picture? Yeah. Okay. Just mm-hmm. it being nominated is pretty massive, though. Like, to have, yeah, so. Didn't yeah, Dark Knight bad. get nominated for Best Picture? 
Um, when it was up? Uh, it didn't win, but I thought it got nominated. Because wasn't that the year they expanded the thing? Oh, no. Maybe it was the next year they expanded it because of The Dark Knight. Never mind. Anyway, so Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, uh, Glenn Close for The Wife, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, which Paul was talking about blowing it up uh, yesterday a bit, so I want to see that. Nicole Kidman in Destroyer, Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is another movie I kind of want to see, and Rosamund Pike in A Private War. Uh, So that's kind of an interesting field this year. I think Lady Gaga might pull that one out because there's a lot of buzz around that performance. So Yeah. And then Best Actor. Though Glenn Close and The Wife is pretty amazing. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No, but I've just like, um, it was huge at the film festival this year. People were geeking out. Okay, cool. So Best Actor is Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born, which I think is interesting because apparently he's doing an Eddie Vedder impersonation. Hmm. Like that's who he kind of studied to do that role. So I'm kind of curious just to see it for that. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Luke Hedges, Boy Erased, Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. Uh, so those are the nominations for that. I, want, I still really uh, want to see Black Klansman. I missed it in theaters. I have it downloaded. I'm going to watch it at some point. I'm, like, I want to see it too. I like Spike Lee's stuff though. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's always at least interesting to watch. So, um, And then the comedy stuff. So Best Picture Comedy, Crazy Rich Asians, which I think is kind of the favorite right now. The favorite, like actually the movie The Favorite. Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. Have you, either of you seen Mary Poppins yet? It's not out yet. Is it out? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was. That's weird that it's nominated it and it's not out. It must be out Yeah, but they must have like released it like in the People UK earlier or something like that, I would imagine. Well, she's nominated <laughs> for Best Actress in the musical or comedy, like Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And that's so Olivia Coleman is on for the favorite, Elsie Fisher for eighth grade, Charlize Theron for Tully, and Constance Wu for Crazy Rich Asians are in that category along with Emily Blunt. The best actor uh, category for musical or comedy is Christian Bale for Vice, Lynn Manuel Miranda for Mary Poppins, Beagle Mortensen for Green Book, Robert Redford for The Old Man and the Gun, and John C. Riley for Stan and Ollie. Side note: Have either of you seen the trailer for the Holmes and Watson movie with uh, Will Ferrell? And, and uh, oh, yeah, I have. I haven't seen the trailer, but I've seen bits and pieces of it. It looks pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it looks pretty funny. I'm with, uh, John, John C. Riley and uh, John C. Riley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those those two together are amazing. Yeah, and like even movies that like I hate, like Step Brothers. I was like, there's bits in there where the two of them are riffing, and I'm like, this is pretty good. Like they're yeah. good together. So that's pretty cool. Did we just become best friends? Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to like look at. There's best best motion pictures animated. So Incredibles two, I Love Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider Man into the Spider Verse got a nomination in there. Seems appropriate because it's blowing up and like it's a very unique animated movie. Yeah. And then the other stuff, Bradley Cooper uh, is up for best director for A Star is Born. Alfonso Cuarano uh, for Roma. Peter Farrelly for Green Book. Spike Lee for Black Klansman and Adam McKay for Vice. I don't know if there's anything else. Best television series, which I think is interesting because the Golden Globes touch the TV stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Americans, Bodyguard, Homecoming, Killing Eve and Pose. None of which I watch. Nope. Me neither. How is fucking nah. Better Call Saul not on there? I that that's blas yeah that's blasphemy right now is uh, that uh, or fucking like think- Daredevil or some shit like that's- yeah no Daredevil not even Handmaid's Tale like uh, Elizabeth Moss is nominated in that category for actress mm-hmm. for Handmaid's Tale but the, the show itself's not in there best TV performance holy shit okay now this is pointless uh, Saul's not in here yeah like that's the he's the huh. best actor on TV Bob, right Bob now like. Kirk. Bob Odenkirk crushes every episode of that show. How's he not getting nominated for that? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, 
kind of dumb. But anyway, it's interesting though. Uh, best performance by an actress in a television series, musical or comedy, is like a, got a couple people that were big fans of Kristen Bell and Alice Brie are both up for stuff for Good Place and Glow. And Glow. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, nice. best performance by an actor in television, musical or comedy, like. Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Jim Carrey, Michael Douglas, and then Donald Glover and Bill Hader for Atlanta and Barry, respectively. I need to so keep watching cool. Atlanta. Didn't they win for Barry last year? Uh, I think they did, yeah. But It was both him and... Oh, yeah, who's the old guy in that? The Fonz. Yeah, that's it. Henry Winkler. Henry, Henry Winkler, yeah. No, no, that's kind of an interesting field this year. It's a small field. I'm wondering if, the Oscar, if the, it'll be that representative, like if this is a good representation of what'll show up in the Oscars again this year. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see Black Panther get like uh, a nomination at the Oscars. I don't see how they can't because now they do like what 10 best picture nominations or something. So if the, if black Panther is not included in that, I think it would be really surprising. And there's a story, there was a story this yeah. week about Marvel leaning off of infinity war and leaning into black Panther for award season. Like they're mm-hmm. in spite of like the kind of technical shit. What's the word I'm looking for achievement that uh, infinity war was, they're actually just pushing mm-hmm. black Panther. Cause it's like a more cohesive, like, easier to follow movie kind of standalone yeah. kind of yeah like you don't yeah. i mean infinity war you have to know you probably have to have seen at least 10 movies to really kind of get the whole gist of what's going on going into it yeah. so i can see why you're like yeah let's lean off of that we made our billion dollars and people are super happy with us let's not yeah. go looking for awards for a movie that's never going to win any so and lean into black panther instead which like has a ton of buzz in that way so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool and my last thing was just the the game awards happened this this week. Did you see it, Christy, at all? Like, see who won? No, who did? Game of the year. So the nomination. God of War. Yeah. Well, actually, it was. Yeah, God of course, War. it was. So <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> game of the year nominations were Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, obviously, Marvel Spider Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption Two. And it looks like God of War just fucking ran away with it as well. It should. It was basically the best thing that I played in the last five years. So. And then Fortnite won best ongoing game, so the like an online game as a service kind of thing. Fortnite ran away with that, I would imagine. And then like everything that was technical, best game direction, best narrative, this, that, and the other thing. Actually, no, best narrative went to Red Dead. Interesting. But like, um, yeah, best game direction went to God of War. I think most of the art direction stuff went to God of War. Like that kind of like technical side of stuff. A lot of stuff went over to God of War and Red Dead. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it looks like Red Dead and God of War were kind of the two big winners at the game awards spider-man got shut out um i was kind of disappointed because they gave best voiceover um like the best performance for voiceover to roger clark who's the lead in red dead as and kind of didn't give it to yuri for spider-man or christopher judge for kratos which i think are both i mean the red dead performance i'm only 15 hours into the game so i'm not that like attached to it yet but i liked yuri a lot we talked about yuri at length when we reviewed spider-man and like god of wars that performance is amazing. So, no, it's so true. Like, I really, I, I don't know how anything could best God of War more than like, I don't know. I think giving it game of the year just kind of indicates to everybody, like, no, this is like the glowing high standard for everything that happened this year, and any yeah. other awards are just like we can't just give everything to God of War. Icing yeah. on the cake, like, and like, yeah, you can't yeah. just give every award to God of War; otherwise, it would have swept it out because it was. Like, I loved a lot of these games that came out this year. I played a bunch of them, but, like, nothing stuck with me the way God of War did. I'm going to replay it, like, as soon as I'm done Red Dead. It's on my list to, like, go back in 4K and, like, replay through the whole thing because I enjoyed the shit out of that game. And I want to do, like, a big 100% going towards Platinum kind of run. So, 
What's this Return of the Obra Din thing that won Best Art Direction? Uh, art direction. Interesting. I think it's a PC, like an indie game. Uh, I have heard about it, but I haven't played it, so I'd have to look into it. Set aboard a fictional East India Company ghost ship. Yeah. Whose crew and passengers have all mysteriously died, and then it looks like um, deductive reasoning and sort of like a puzzle game. That sounds right up my fucking this? alley. Return of the Obra Din. It is a PS4 game, actually. <laughs> no, it's uh, okay, Mac, Mac on Windows. <laughs> yeah. Return of the Obra Din on Steam. Yeah, that looks pretty fucking cool. And probably sounds like it wouldn't be a super long game either. No. Uh, it's 20 bucks on uh, Steam right now. Oh, it but... uses a one-bit monochromatic graphical style. Yeah. That's what I was on early Mac systems. Whoa. Whoa, that looks like cool. Too, and it still does that kind of weird graphic thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I can I can see why this one. Best indie? Best art direction, yeah. Oh, art direction. That's, holy shit, that's pretty cool. Add to list. I'm gonna give that a shot. <laughs> it doesn't its minimum requirements are very low, thankfully. So <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool though. So do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about, or should we move along to uh another segment? Real quick. The ones I saw were that uh, we got a date for uh, American Gods coming back for oh, season yeah. two, which is in oh. uh, it's coming back in March, March 10th, which is interesting to me because it means that Game of Thrones comes back in April. So those two are going to be direct against each other. Yeah, that's not that's not a competition. Like, I like American Gods, but like, yeah, no, like <laughs> if they're on the same time slot, American Gods is getting beaten to the ground. It's the last season yeah. of Game of Thrones. Nobody cares about anything else now. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't, true. I don't know what day of the week that is. Oh, no, it's also a Sunday. Wow. Oh. Yeah, they're going to be going up. I don't know if it's like the exact same time slot, but it's the exact same day. So Nine o'clock be... for Game of Thrones, right? Like that's when it starts? Uh, I think I don't know. I've never watched Game of Thrones live. I always no, I uh, download watch it, it after the fact. Yeah, me too. So I don't actually know when it airs. But if it's going up, they're going toe-to-toe. Like, who's watching American Gods like after, until after the fact? If you watch it yeah. at all. Like, I'm not super like from what i've heard about how much of the creative staff has kind of moved away or fallen off or like not coming mm-hmm. back i'm like do i even care anymore like i'm bummed out because i really want to watch it because i like american gods but like it looks like the entire fucking creative team has imploded so but on the flip side like our expectations for it are probably pretty low now so it wouldn't take them like even if they put out like a middling season we'll probably be like that was pretty fucking good all things considered i don't know man a middling season just ends up being like preacher is now so like and i have no yeah. interest in going back to that right now either so i like the last yeah. season of preacher it was really good yeah i gotta so i still gotta watch it it's downloaded i just gotta get through it. Um, it not in tv mode lately which is funny considering what i bought but like yeah <laughs> yeah there was a trailer that came out this week for a james gunn produced movie that was written by mark and brian gunn yeah. that is uh, definitely a take on a superhero movie it's called brightburn and it's basically the superman mythos but if superman was like evil oh so they're doing um what do you call it supreme or not supreme oh god damn it uh irredeemable that's the story irredeemable is the story i'm thinking of yeah even even invincible has sense of that so like it's not a common uncommon story yeah it feels very much like the Superman, like the they find this kid in a field. They don't know where he came from. He's clearly got like powers. He even ends up like in a red cape, but the red cape has a creepy fucking mask attached to it as well. And so, yeah, it uh, it actually looks pretty, pretty interesting. Well, keep an eye on it. Like I'm in for James Gunn stuff right now. I'm yeah. still annoyed that he's not going to be doing Guardians and that, that franchise looks like it's dead. So that's sad. But yeah, 
Is it? I'm, well, there's no movement on it, and they pushed it off the schedule, right? Like we had talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago, where they there's just it's not it was on the schedule for like 2021, and now it's been like removed, and like there's no announcement about it. So yeah, nobody knows what that's problem. It's all yeah. up in the air. I I doubt it's dead. It's gonna probably need to be rebooted. Yeah, some of the actors have said like, I mean, D- Dave Bautista in particular has said like, yeah, I'm not coming back without James Gunn. Yeah. So. Well, maybe they'll find a way to get James Gunn involved. <laughs> or, or maybe, uh, oh, fuck, what's his character's name? Drax. Maybe Drax is just finally masters the art of uh, invisibility, and he's just invisible for the whole next movie. Well, he did oh my God, because be when so you're snapped, you're invisible. So he already kind of <laughs> did. So he could just stay snapped <laughs> if that's what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, I, that would yeah. suck because, like, having just rewatched, I was it, odd timing because I rewatched Infinity War the day before the trailer hit, and I was like, I think I was chatting with Paul and uh, Tim, but I was like, man, Drax, like, he gets all the best lines in this movie. Like, every line he has yeah. is fucking gold. Like, he's hilarious. So yeah. I'm gonna miss him uh, if he's not coming back. It's gonna suck. So and then the only other one that I had is, well, I mean, given what we started out the episode talking about. It works because Tumblr is banning porn yeah, and therefore so. basically banning itself. Yeah, basically shutting itself down. Oh my yeah, God. I don't know how, <laughs> how that's supposed to work. I didn't even know Tumblr had porn. Oh, yeah, it's porn. Oh, you fucking it. liar. Yeah, basically. Like, I, there's no way you didn't know Tumblr was just like porn. No, I genuinely, I didn't, I didn't know that it was like a porn hub. I've oh seen God. like little bits of like boobs here and there, but I don't go on Tumblr very often. I only use it for photo reference stuff, but it is like pornorific now. It's, it's like, it's almost as bad as Pinterest, actually. Like, in Pinterest terms of, has porn? Oh, Pinterest has got everything. Come on. <laughs> you just gotta know how to search this stuff. Everything shows up. If you put artistic nudes in, all the porn in the world shows up for you. Like, guys, I only know of one website. Okay, I only know of one website. So what? obviously, I'm behind the times. What? what one porn website? Yeah. Porn so hope? I don't do a lot of research. There's like five million. Like you could just randomly type characters into a fucking URL bar and hit enter, and you get a porn site ninety percent of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> just type in hjkksdlrp.com and that you're gonna get tits like tits are gonna show up on your screen qwerty.com i don't know how yeah it's just tits that's what it is like tits.com is a thing i just typed it in there's tits now like i see boobs but yeah it's just it's really shitty because it was very much a space where like a lot of sex workers and stuff like that would advertise like their content and stuff. And now all that's getting taken away. And it's because of these most, these recent American sex trafficking laws, SESTA and FOSTA, which yeah, basically have in probably on purpose, although it's not explicitly stated in the laws, like made it a lot more difficult for anybody doing legitimate sex work to advertise and to you know have somewhere that they can host and that kind of thing and and payment processing and that kind of was thing yeah the, uh, the the bill that shut down what was it was it back pages they shut down back pages yeah. because of that right yeah yeah uh, i remember hearing like stuff about that so i don't know that's that's i mean and america yeah and it got to the point where where i think i can't remember if it was both the uh, apple store and the google play store one or the other or both had removed tumblr from their stores because there was like there was like yeah there were complaints and there is like there was like uh you know certain corners of it where you could go to and find like illegal shit like child porn and stuff like that and and they were 
And so instead of actually trying to moderate that, they were just like, no, we're just going to get rid of all of it because that's a reasonable solution. Well, it's a reasonable solution if you want to kill your business. So, I mean, if that's what they're going for, yeah, good on them. They basically killed their business. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, cool. let's uh, let's move on to Geek of the Week then. So do a thing. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. So this is the segment of the show where we tell each other the geekiest thing we did this week. We're going to start with Christy. Oh, man. I don't know if I've told you guys yet. No, I must have. I started a Dungeons & Dragons game. You told yes, us you told last us week, this week, actually. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm very excited. I played again yesterday, and it's my new favorite thing in the whole wide world. I don't know why I haven't been doing it my whole life. Huh. Like, I... I'm in love with Dungeons and Dragons. It seems right up your alley. It's got like the fantasy thing, the improv thing, the gaming thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's a freaking blast. And I'm so in love with it. And I'm just like, oh, why didn't I do this forever? And I've got my mark in on it. And he's doing a really good job. And like we're playing with improvisers. So it's awesome. It's just so fun. But um, I guess the other geeky thing is that I've logged quite a few hours of Breath of the Wild. Oh, you're starting to play Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Oh. What are you thinking so far? I really like it. Yeah. I think that it's an easy game to pick up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't have, it doesn't lack substance or anything. But I can see why Alicia was like, meh. Because it doesn't feel very Zelda-y all the time. Not as yeah. narrative driven that they have yeah, been in the it's past. Yeah, not as right? narrative driven. Yeah, which is a side effect of it being open worldy and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. But I still really <laughs> like really like it because yeah, I can just jump up and go find like fourteen shrines and I don't have to like fight anybody. Yeah, you don't have to sit down and commit to like a four hour temple or something. Sorry, Mark's watching Adventure Time in the background, and this creature was just sorry. <laughs> It's a big myth. It's a big myth, folks. Yeah. We have a big oh, myth. Freaked me right out. Freaked me right out. <laughs> oh, that freaked me out. Chris is broke. Christy's broken for the I'm rest okay. of the episode. I'm now. okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I got under control. I'm okay. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That freaked me right out. Oh, sorry. Oh. So, um, yeah, Breath of the Wild is good. <laughs> um, I've only beat one Guardian so far, but I'm on my way to beat one at the uh, Goron uh, the Death Mountain. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been fun. And then I guess my last geeky thing is that uh, after we're done the podcast, I'm running to go do a voice audition. So we'll see how that goes. Nice, good luck. Yeah, thank you. Cool, Tim. So I'm gonna default back to one that I've used a couple times over the past couple months. I've been continuing my Disney movie watch through. Got through sort of the dark times, and uh, now I'm into like the '90s. So I. Got to like watch through the sort of renaissance of Disney movies this past week. The best time. Yeah, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King. And then I started getting into the ones that I've either only seen parts of or have really never seen at all before. So I don't think I'd ever watched Pocahontas all the way through. I know I'd never seen Hunchback of Notre Dame before. Oh, it's so good. Those ones, actually. I was not crazy about Hunchback. I liked I, I liked uh, Hercules quite a bit. Yes, excellent. Because I, I think I have seen Hercules maybe once all the way through before, but it's been a long time. But I, yeah, I enjoyed Hercules quite a bit. I enjoyed Tarzan quite a bit. Mulan I was crazy about, but uh, I, I was also like wasn't watching 
these like really closely because I was just had them on kind of on the background while it was working. But yeah, so now after this, I get into another sort of like weird time because uh, I'll start getting into like Fantasia 2000, which I like, but then like Dinosaur and the Emperor's New Groove and like Atlantis, the Lost Empire, which are like some really offbeat kind of weird ones. So. I don't remember any of those. But they're still like enjoyable. I've never seen, uh, I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've seen any of those. I, uh, Dinosaur, I know I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen Emperor's New Groove all the way through. I know I haven't seen Atlantis, the Lost Empire, so. Oh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon worked on the story for Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Mm. Yeah. And it's got like a bunch of the voices you'll recognize. Like it's Michael J. Fox and you've got, um, oh, Ernest, who passed away right after filming that. Mm. Actually, Mark thinks that he knew a bunch of the guys who did animation at Sheridan who got plucked up by Disney. Mm -hmm. And he thinks that they worked on that movie and created a character that used to come into his store all the time. The bomber guy. What a character! You'll recognize him when you see him. Yeah. A character that used to C- come into Starstruck all the time. Oh, okay. Cool. Anyway, so are we good? You're done. You're yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah. That's cool because like I haven't seen any of those movies. Like anything past, I don't know. Like in that, uh, like the Aladdin, like that era. Like once that era is done, I'm like yeah. I'm done. I haven't seen anything. So yeah. And it was it was interesting because like I can still look at them and like appreciate like them for the skill and stuff that goes into them but it's just certain of the stories i have more trouble getting like really engaged with yeah cool um as for me uh geek of the week we talked last week i bought myself a new tv so this week was more like the fallout of well, the tv actually got here on thursday so i got to like install and do all that kind of stuff and then when as i was sitting there the uh what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode which led us into our disgusting sex talk was the uh, the cascade of stuff that needs to get upgraded kind of tangentially around that kind of thing. So like I bought the Xbox that does 4K and I have the 4K TV, but then I, I have a setup downstairs that includes like a home theater PC and stuff. So when I fired that up and tried to shoot it over to the, the new TV, it was like, I can't do 4K. Like this shit's old, <laughs> like old. You need to buy a new video card. And I was like, well, yep. So like that cascaded out into like I need to buy a new video card for that machine, which made me realize this machine needs a new video card. So like now I'm like planning tech upgrades, and I'm like all I did was wanted to buy a new TV, and I fucked my life up real bad. So, um, <laughs> but uh, like the new TV is great. Uh, I have played about 15 hours of Red Dead in like Ultra HD with HDR, and it is fucking gorgeous. And the game's amazing too. So I'm having a really good time playing it. It's typical Rockstar awesomeness. So. Chris, did you ever play the first Red Dead? Did you ever touch that one? Uh, I did not play it, no. I played Red Dead Redemption. That's what I mean, like Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Oh, I was thinking you were talking about Red Dead Revolver. Oh, no, no, sorry, yeah. Red, not Red Dead Revolver. Yeah. I always forget about Red Dead Revolver. That's like the the weird black sheep of that series. Where, like, I know I played it, but yeah. I don't remember it at all. And I always think the first one's just Red Dead Redemption 1. So Yeah, no, Red Dead Redemption was outstanding. I played the shit out of that game. So you are going to get into Red Dead 2 eventually at some point? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Cool. I think I might get it for Christmas. <laughs> this game series has that that uh, Dark Forces Jedi Knight numbering system, where the <laughs> for, where the second one is actually the first one, and then the <laughs> third one is actually the second one. I think what it is is like the way the series. I think the series is Red Dead, and then it's the first game was Red Dead Revolver, and yeah. then the sequel or like side story or whatever. Because like Red Dead Revolver is a first person shooter, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long time since I played it. And then Red Dead Redemption is an open world, like it's like GTA set in the old west kind of thing. 
So they're very different stylistically. And then Red Dead Redemption 2 is the game that just came out as a direct sequel or actually prequel, I think, to uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So it's it is like it's accurate to say it's Red Dead Redemption 2, but everybody's just calling it Red Dead 2, which is not actually accurate because the second Red Dead is Red Dead Redemption. It's yeah. confusing. Either way, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is amazing. I'm actually really impressed even just with like how clean everything works on the Xbox One X. Like it's faster now. It outputs 4K with very little hiccup. Like I didn't have to do much setup. Everything just kind of worked out of the box, especially once I turned all this stupid. And this is something like we talked about in chat, but like all the weird motion filtering shit that TVs put on. Motion smoothing and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like frame interpolation and stuff like that. I'm like, just no. If I want to turn it on, I will turn it on, but I don't want it on by default. They spend like hours and hours mastering these Blu-rays to look as good as they can. I don't need your bullshit filter on top of it, especially if I'm paying for 4K content. So yeah, that, mm. that's been my big annoyance with it so far is just where I'm like, why does this look like a goddamn shitty like camcorder video? And it's because like motion smoothing has turned itself back on again. I'm, this is frustrating. So. <laughs> Basically, just turn it into gamer mode, turn HDR on, and just get out of your own way. Like, no processing by the TV. Let the Xbox do the processing is kind of what I've ended up having to do with the TV. But, yeah, I've got it all running now. It looks great. I watched, I downloaded and watched Star Trek, the 2009 version in Ultra HD, off the rig after I upgraded it last night. Everything worked perfectly. I'm still getting 7.1 from the from the video card output. So, I'm like, this is working perfectly. I'm happy. And then, like, obviously, the 4K Blu-rays, I bought, like, a handful of them. So I bought Infinity War because it's... I went and looked at the reviews to see, like, how they were mastered. And Infinity War was mastered at, like, 6K and then downscaled to 4K for Blu-ray output and stuff. So I was like, Mm -hmm. that's probably the best transfer you're going to be able to get. I started watching Blade Runner 2049 last night. I stopped it because I know you want to watch it with me. (laughs) And I feel like we should get baked and experience it in Ultra HD together for the first time because it looks ridiculous ridiculously good like <laughs> ridiculously good so i'll save that one for us how does that sound buddy right. sounds That's good i mean the case thing i'm gonna say today actually no <laughs> i don't want to limit myself to just yeah not. exactly it could get worse it could get worse from there so let's <laughs> all right so let's move on uh to the meat of the episode meat of the episode meat with gross bits in it <laughs> So the uh, meat of the episode this week, I've had a question for the guys. I just wanted to have a discussion about how far your fandom extends and how you deal with, I guess, a performer or a public figure you follow getting involved with shit you find or consider morally dubious. So my first example, and I know this will bring Christy into the conversation, is like we just found out that, I don't know, a certain former Wolverine actor is actually kind of buds with the Trumps. So there's that. (laughs) Christy's making Christy's doing visual bits. Sad visual just bits. Just doing visual by yeah. just reacting. Yeah. <laughs> so like what got me thinking about this is like as we were like picking albums for this new season of Side A, Side B, I was like desperate to do a Guns N' Roses album. And when I started listening to it, I'm like, man, these lyrics are questionable as fuck. <laughs> so like I am an Axel Rose fan. I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, but like I listen to some of this stuff and I'm like, oh Jesus, Axel, you were a douchebag. Like just a grade a douchebag back in the day <laughs> and even stuff like uh i wanted to watch seven the last couple weeks and then my like the social justice warrior filter in my brain was like oh you really shouldn't watch that kevin spacey's in it so i'm like mm-hmm. do i stop enjoying things that i've enjoyed for years because somebody in it was like a scumbag that's what the, that's what my question is right like that's what i want us to talk about and i don't have yeah. actual questions or talking points i just kind of wanted us to get into it and talk about 
where we've run into this before with who, why, how we think about it, that kind of thing. So go to town, I guess. Well, since you just mentioned the Kevin Spacey one, like that one, I I don't know that I would never go back and watch another one of his movies because of because of you know what's come to light now with him uh, having like sexual abuse and rape allegations against him because. And this is from somebody that knows a fair number of people that work in the film industry in Georgia, mm-hmm. because you you end up potentially hurting a lot of other people if you you know just say, well, there's this one guy that's in it, maybe not even the lead role, like in Seven, like Kevin Spacey is like hardly in that movie. Yeah. It, at least in you don't see him very often. You hear his voice here and there, kind of thing. He's more his character is more of a presence. Yep, you know that movie is really about fucking brad pitt's character and the morgan freeman character yeah and so in that case i i would not really probably have an issue with that but yeah i can understand like okay house of cards yeah we can't fucking actively continue employing this guy after all this sort of thing yeah so but yeah it just it's weird because there's also all this stuff recently with the governor's race in Georgia and um, there are people that were after Stacey Abrams lost and the secretary of state who was like overseeing the election, which is ridiculous that won the governor's race won. people were then saying like, okay, now all of the film industry should like boycott Georgia and not film anything else there because this guy's like come out and spoken like against like trans people yeah. and and that sort of thing and and like in support of like those like stupid trans bathroom bills you know like okay well except now you're gonna hurt a lot of people that are part of this industry that are perfectly fine people that are in some cases that might you know fall onto that uh you know sexual identity spectrum and it's it just becomes a lot more complex at that yeah. point yeah, and I think that's like that's an interesting take on it too, because like, yeah, you are. There's a huge cascade effect if you decide like, think about the movies that got shut down when he was like when the accusations started coming out, and like people mm-hmm. had to jump into those roles to save it. And like House of Cards is a good example because they basically canceled it, and Robin Wright Penn had to fight to get that last season made so that all these people that were expecting to have a job yeah. for another year didn't lose their yeah. jobs. And because like, some- I can yeah. say whatever I want about what I thought about the season, but like the fact that they did that was. I thought it was pretty cool of them to at least have done that regardless of what the outcome was. Like, I didn't think the season was great, but the fact that they did it, I thought was like a cool thing for them to have done. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard because when does the impact of this person's shittiness stop? You know, like the reality is there's other people and other performances like with seven in particular, like you guys were saying that are phenomenal pieces of performance. And Kevin Spacey doesn't make seven. The people who directed it, who wrote it, who produced it make seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's hard. Like it's the same thing with house of Car- house of cards. What do you, what do you appreciate? What do you make a priority? Do you give in to the fact that this dick did these horrible, horrible things? Or can you make it so that, you know, like you did, like they did, they took him out. They literally just removed the problem. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a proactive functionality because then you still have an opportunity to engage with the work and still appreciate the work. It sucks that it suffered for it, but at the same time, you know, it's a reflection of them doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a case where with House of Cards, that's a show that I have wanted to watch for a while, but 
now that all that has come out, I that has gone way down so, on my list in terms of priority of things to watch, you know, because I don't really want to, because in that case, like that really was, you know, he was the main character on that show. Like you spend a lot of time looking at him and in like fucking like really personal monologues with him and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I want to yeah. do that. That, you know, I would have a lot of trouble, I think, at this, at least at this point, you know, maybe it's something that a few years down the road kind of thing, I might be able to uh, divorce myself from it a little bit more. But right now, especially or what like that happened last, last year, year yeah. like 2017, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I could do it at this point. Yeah, it's weird because like I watched that show actively and it's one of those like, do I stop watching the show because of this stuff or like, like I'm never I'll probably never rewatch it. And like the worst part was like, I enjoyed the show. Like I was a big fan of it and I was a big fan of his work on the show. Like I thought he was really good on it. So now I'm like, does my moral compunction against him mean that I never watch that show again? It might like that might just be where I'm at with it. Like where I just don't engage with his material anymore. But then like, Mm -hmm. that makes me kind of a hypocrite because like I paid to see Axl Rose twice last year. (laughs) But you know, Axl Rose and it, it that's that's a sliding that's, scale of the actual acts you know the the shittiness of the person right like you know if there's somebody that has shitty lyrics but by all accounts is a good person in person but the question is like most of those like think about sweet child of mine which is written about him and aaron everly but like great song marred by the fact to me at least that like their relationship was fraught with like him oh beating shit out of her for the entire time they were together. Like this story about, yeah, I don't know all the history of guns and Roses, Well, that, but so. that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like I do, yeah. I'm still a fan. Yeah. I still go see them. I still think they're a great band, but I'm like, Axel, God damn it. You were a piece of shit. And like, I'm a little bit cooler with him now. Cause he's coming out against Trump. And like, apparently he's mellowed considerably and like, is medicated properly and is a little bit more even handed yeah. now. So I'm like, okay, but like, I still like those records, like those early records, like sweet child of mine, still a great song. Even if it is in my head, kind of weirdly tied up with, like what I know about his background and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah. And part of it is it, 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 it is a matter of distance as well, right? Like if it's something that is like 30 years in the past at this point, and I don't know, I don't know what the case with Axl Rose is, but some of the more recent accusations and, and allegations and stuff like that, people have come out and owned and said, yeah, I did those things, you know, it, like say James Gunn, for instance, yeah. you know, that he had those like, uh, you know, pedophilia jokes on his Twitter from like 10 years ago or something like that. And he came out and owned it. He was like, yeah, I, I, those were there. That was me. I was stupid at that point. I was trying to be edgy. It didn't work. It, you know, I regret doing it and I've moved on and I've grown and changed as a person. And then like everybody else came out in support and said like, yeah, I will vouch for the fact that he has changed a lot as a person. So, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to take that into account as well. If somebody actually shows attrition it for and regret for whatever it is shitty that they did, you know, there's some things that you're not going to come back from. Like, you know, I don't care if, if Cosby turned around and fucking like a- apologized tomorrow, I'd be like, no, you fucking owned that like for way too long. You, you, uh, you denied it and shit like that. You don't get to come back from that now. What do you think about like Mel Gibson where like he went off? on that little thing. And now he's kind of being reaccepted where like he's showing up in movies and stuff again. Cause he went away. Uh, right. I'd have a lot. So yeah, I, I was never a big fan of Mel Gibson to begin with. Uh, so that one, though, man, I love those movies. Yeah. 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 I'm still like the, the shit that he said is, is real. Like he Repre- said some really nasty shit over the years and that. Yeah. 
but again like in that way like he's never been it, those are all words not actions as well so i'm willing to uh, take that you know if somebody has shitty beliefs that's a step behind like them going out and acting on those beliefs and like committing hate crimes or shit like that or you yeah. know like fucking beating your wife or or raping somebody or killing somebody or you know physically assaulting somebody kind of thing yeah those those are on two different tiers for me yeah okay it really is like a case-by-case basis kind of thing like there's a difference between somebody just being kind of a dick or like abrasive or not very friendly and like someone being like you know that's like one tier and then you've got like people that like have legit like problematic beliefs whether it's that you know they're sexist or racist or whatever or whether they actually are acting on those beliefs and like are harming other people either directly or indirectly or like beating people or raping or whatever kind of thing but then there's also a blurred line between those because these people are in a position of social power that their words can cause other people to potentially take actions that would be harmful so that's another dimension to it as well. Yeah, we're not seeing any of that from the president or anything. I mean, wait, yeah. that was yeah. okay. <laughs> Chris, you're pretty quiet. You have any uh, examples or thoughts you want to share? Well, this is something I struggle with. Well, that's why we're having the conversation. So I know, I know, <laughs> but I find that it's as someone who is who self-identifies as a bit of an artist, you know, with theater and everything, yep. and as someone who dated someone who was pretty abusive and is now on the main stage at Stratford. It's, it's a touchy subject because part of me would love to say that, you know, if you're an asshole once you're an asshole forever and you should be penalized for that and you should be treated like the asshole that you are. But when it comes to, discovering it so late like it goes back to the kevin hart thing that we just heard about in the news where he Mm -hmm. is now not hosting the oscars because of tweets he made when he was like 18 in the 90s when he was you know still figuring out who he was and what it meant to be um a comedian and like he made a lot of really awful comments but has since you know claimed that he's a changed person i haven't seen the actions but i believe that if you can prove that you're someone who's changed or made the at least the attempt to change or be a better person then i think that your artwork can still be respected if you're someone like hugh jackman who just associates with dickweeds then you know do you do i lose respect for hugh jackman a little bit but i don't know what ivanka trump is like behind closed doors i can um, I, I bet you she's a fucking awesome person <laughs> There's, there's a sarcasm tag on that. Sorry, I should I should probably I emphasize that I was being sarcastic. Cause. But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where to stop respecting the artist when I still respect the art. I know, and that's why we're having the conversation, because I have exactly the same yeah. question, right? Where I'm like, I don't know, I keep harping on the Axel thing, but I'm like, Axel was a douche, and now he's fine. Like, am I okay? Like, is that is that something that's okay? I don't know anymore, right? Like, I have no... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because to me, I just like the music and then like the moral question about like, is he a good person or whatever? I'm like, it doesn't always factor into it. And it gets dodgy, especially on the music side, because most of these guys are notorious for being shitheads, like in their personal lives and stuff like that. So yeah, like that gets questionable all over the place. So part of it for me, part of it that helps things for me is um, I and this is just a personal preference is that I don't follow 
personal lives of celebrities very closely. Mm-hmm. So I, outside of their art, a lot of the times I don't know a lot about the artists themselves, whether it's a musician, whether it's an actor, whether it's a director, whatever. Um, like I don't, I don't have Twitter. I don't like follow a bunch of celebrities on Twitter and stuff like that. I don't like go looking for stories about their lives. And it's not that I, it's just that it doesn't interest, interest me that much. There's things I'd rather be doing with my time than looking up stories about like fucking like, I don't know. Like, like if it's shit that like really comes to the forefront and becomes sort of a scandal, then yeah, I'll look closely at it if it's something really bad. But if it's, you know, sort of more minor stuff i'm just not that interested in it so mm-hmm. i guess that m- maybe is maybe that's an ignorance is bliss sort of argument and i don't know if that's legitimate or not you know if that's if i should own the artists that i enjoy and support more and and should know more about them personally but that also blurs the line between you know their social persona and their private lives and i don't know where like i i'm i'm really creeped out a lot of the time about paparazzi culture and it's gotten i mean it's changed over the years now that we have like like it's a lot more on social media than it is like people like hounding celebrities in their private lives and like when they're out just trying to live their lives kind of thing but that that also always weirded me out and i think is one of the things that gives me a distaste mm-hmm. for wanting to know a lot about artists mm-hmm. private lives i know because i've always like I like to read those books. Like whenever somebody puts an autobiography or like that kind of thing out, I will go read that kind of stuff. Um, especially yeah. about the musicians that I like. Cause I like to know, I think it's more just kind of trying to understand their creative process. Like as some, as a creative, it's always kind of fascinating to me to be like, be embedded with like a band while they're recording a record and kind of seeing like what the struggle there is or knowing how, like what the process does between like Stan and Jack Kirby, right? Like that kind of stuff. But then that's when you find out stuff. That's still professional a lot of the time though as well, right? Yeah, like you still find out like that. shit about like Stan being a complete douchebag to every artist he worked with in the sixties, right? Like, yeah. So like that kind of, that can color your perception of somebody at the end, right? Like it did color my perception of like, I still love Stan Lee, but like, I do know that he did some questionable shit when he was trying mm-hmm. to get Marvel off the ground in the sixties. Like he did not treat those artists very well. And I don't think that like a lot of Jack Kirby's complaints are illegitimate at all. It's just like, how much do I care 50, 60 years removed from it? Yeah. And it's, it's also just a matter of accepting that these are human beings that are complex and that everybody's done some shitty stuff. It's just a matter of, like I said, like if you're willing to own it, if you're willing to move past it, if you're willing to try and do better in the future, that goes a long way for me. Yeah. Again, there's some things that are irredeemable, but there's a lot that is not irredeemable. Cool. Well, that's, yeah. I When it comes down to it, what do you sacrifice for your own, like, how do I say it? If you enjoy something for the sake of enjoying it before you knew that the artist was an asshole. I think it's okay that you still enjoy it. I think you can still enjoy it as long as you have an open, a willingness to be open about the shittiness of the person involved. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you were allowed to enjoy the thing that you enjoyed. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And another, so another dimension that enters into this for me is how public people are. If it's not necessarily actions, but more privately held beliefs. Like if, uh, you know, you know so that somebody has a problematic belief, but if it's something that they mostly keep private, keep to themselves, they don't speak about publicly about it, 
don't incorporate it into their art, don't like try and push it onto their fans or their the consumers of their media. I'm a lot more accepting of that. Like again, is you know, if it's the sort of thing where it starts to influence other people through whatever way, then it can become problematic. But it's if it's just somebody that's like I'm, uh, so my example, um, I'm thinking of like your like Will Smith in Scientology versus like Tom Cruise in Scientology, right? Yeah, or Beck, or Beck, for instance. Beck, yeah. Beck is Beck is a Scientologist, well-known Scientologist. I love Beck's music. Um, I think Scientology is a fucking cult, and it's creepy as hell. And but Beck is, it seems to be something that he keeps pretty private. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really discuss it a lot in interviews and- until he starts. He- he tries to recruit at shows like that was a problem for me when I saw yeah. him was like the, the fucking there was literature on the seats when I got into the venue. That's weird. Which I was surprised <laughs> by because like you're not allowed to do that up here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same as uh, there was people. It wasn't like in the seats. But when I saw Prince the first time, there was there were Jehovah's Witnesses in the building, like recruiting actively. Jesus. Like just around the venue and stuff yeah. like that. So like they were using like I don't know if it's like Prince is cognizant of this or Beck is cognizant of like what is going on there. Yeah. But like. Somebody in that organization is using these people's celebrity to like draw people into their cult. Yeah. And I like cult saying it's a cult is shitty, like because I know people have arguments about that and your government disagrees with those listings and stuff like that, but they're cults. So Scientology especially. Jehovah's Witness is a little it's pretty close when you like look at it in depth. Like having read some stuff about like like the reason why Prince was being treated the way he was treated at the end of his life kind of thing was because of a lot of those weird Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, they don't do modern medicine stuff. Yeah. So, like, he was on shit that, like, he shouldn't have been on as a Jehovah's Witness. But, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's and this is probably also, again, me just not going that in depth into looking into these people's, like, personal lives and activities and that sort of thing. So, I don't see as much of it. But right. if it's the sort of thing that it doesn't come through in the art and it doesn't come through in their performances then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to accept, you know, I don't agree with it, but I'm happy to accept that that's the way that he's decided to live his life. The, where it gets weird for me though, is that I know that Scientology requires you to like basically, basically tithe to give a fair yeah. amount of money back into the, uh, into the program. And then that money obviously goes on to fund sketchy shit. So for that reason, I don't, I haven't bought a back album in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of, it's pretty backwards. They want you to give, I think it's 70 or 80% of your salary oh, for the year fuck. back to the church. <sighs> Scientology is a creepy, creepy, creepy thing. It's yeah. nuts. It is creepy. I don't know how they get so many A-list actors. Well, I think part of it is they're so involved. We're not well, A-list. They're so, I mean, Tom Cruise is A-list. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The man makes money. So, like, he's A-list. Yeah, he's... Um, and, like, I yeah. find him... Like, I don't... I go watch... Like, I watch the Mission Impossible movies, but, like... I'm not paying for them. Like I never buy them. Like I never rent or go see them or whatever. Like I just wait till they're streaming and then I watch them. And there are people in that church that are highly embedded in Hollywood. So they have a lot of influence as well in the community. So that was where I was going to go next. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're, they are highly influential, like very embedded in that system. So, so it may even be the sort of thing where some people sort of start interacting with these people in a professional capacity and then think, well, maybe I can kind of advance my career a little bit by using these people's contacts and networks. And then before you know it, you're fucking handing out literature at shows and shit and giving interviews mm-hmm. in, in public, yeah. you know, supporting the religion and shit like that. Talking about Xenu and all yeah. kinds of weird, wacky sci-fi bullshit. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, good old Lord Xenu. Yep. <laughs> ah, jeez. 
So forever. We've been we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. Do you guys have any other examples you want to bring up of stuff where like you've had? Has this happened to you before? Well, think about think about Joss Whedon. Okay, there you yeah. go. Joss Whedon's an excellent one. Yeah, yeah, that one's tricky. You know? Particularly that one is because the allegations against him are like he and we discussed this when they first came out is because he is such you know claims to be such a feminist and has written so many like really strong female characters and is very much a proponent for representation in media. And then we find out that he has been treating women like shit for a long time. Going back into those shows too, apparently, which was like, that was what really bummed me out when I heard it. It was like, he was doing that kind of shit to the actresses on like those three shows that I love. Right. Or like four shows, I guess, including dollhouse. Cause like, apparently it was systematic throughout his entire career. Once he got like, even the like slightest bit of power or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so that's problematic because of that that link between the the offense and his art. But so this is this question has popped into my head. Let's take this a generation removed from us. Say one of us were to have a daughter, and you wanted you were thinking like, oh, I should show her Buffy because Buffy's you know a great show for like a you know teenage girl to watch kind of thing. It really shows that you can you know do whatever with your life kind of thing. You don't have to be limited by what society thinks of you. Would you have a problem with showing a kid Buffy knowing what we know now about Joss's treatment of women? I still feel like I would want them to see Buffy. And then if the context of that came up, like Mm -hmm. maybe explain it then or maybe when they're older, explain it. Because that's like if you're showing it to like a 14 or 15 year old, you really want to drag them into like welcome to the Me Too movement. You know what I mean? Like I want you to enjoy this piece of media. But yes. Yeah, I guess you have to have the conversation. Know that yeah, it has its so, issues and yeah. I mean, because I think like the I think the first instinct is to protect your kids from that kind of stuff, right? Like you want to kind of shelter them. I'm not a particular believer in that practice, but I can see why people do it. Like I understand the reasoning for it. So I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one because like Buffy is definitely a show. I would like if I had a daughter who was like approaching high school, I'd definitely be like, listen, I don't know how to talk to you about any of this stuff, but like here's this show that I think will at least let us talk about it kind of thing Help. so it would be like that in that way yeah. it would be a useful almost as a tool right as a way to like engage your teenage daughter kind of thing and see if she gets into it so mm-hmm. i would probably want to use it that way mm-hmm. because i love buffy and it would be something i could bond with them over but yeah eventually you're gonna have to i mean eventually you're gonna have to have that conversation we're like yeah the show's great but like all this weird sketchy shit happened and like it was happening the whole time and if you get into like Oh, I'm going to show them Angel, or I'm going to show them Firefly and Dollhouse. Like that story, like links all those shows yeah. now. So you have to have that conversation eventually. We're like, yeah, he said a lot of cool shit and was like in public an advocate for all the stuff that we should be believing in and all that. But he didn't do it in the, in his private life. So like you kind of have to have that conversation and be like, can you separate the artist from the art? Like, does it make the show lesser at that point? God damn, that's a, that's a tough question to answer. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I think part of the issue with that one, too, is that when all that stuff came out, he was just really quiet about it. He never really owned it like he didn't. He had very minimal commentary on it publicly. And whereas, you know, I'd have a lot more respect for him or would have, I would say, lost less respect for him Mm -hmm. had he owned it and had he you know, given an apology that was sort of heartfelt. And that goes back to the Kevin Hart thing. The Kevin Hart thing, like, yeah, those comments that he made were, they were really fucking homophobic, but they were a long time ago. But when they were brought to light, 
he framed it not as though I, you know, I was a different person then or whatever. It was more like, oh, fucking people just want to find anything to be offended about these days. Retro- he has he has gone back and apologized since, but it's right. You're right. He didn't take ownership of it. Yeah. It's the same thing with Kevin Spacey when he used the opportunity as a coming out to be like, I've been struggling my whole life with being gay. It's like, no. Yeah, you don't get to do that. You've been struggling your whole life with being uh, a predator. sexual predator. Yeah. And it's the same Who thing. Who just like, happens to be gay. Yeah. yeah. Like on top of everything. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, with Kevin Hart, it's like, dude, just take ownership. Ta- yeah. Take your fucking licks and learn from it and, you know, say you're going to do better kind of thing or, or, and then do better. <laughs> yeah. Especially because like that's going to fuck up his career because like Dwayne's like he works with Dwayne constantly and Dwayne does all that upstanding shit like that's his brand is to be like the good guy yeah so yeah that could really fuck up kevin hart's career because basically all he does now is work with rock so yeah times for him unfortunately Mm -hmm. yeah so another another dimension of this for me is historical context so do you guys have any examples of like older creators or authors or whatever where you know like I don't know, something like Mark Twain or something like that, where they're like reading like, oh, like old, old or yeah. Or, okay. or like, because I, I was like, we talked about Stan, right? Like the yeah. business stuff yeah. on the side with that. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I mean, like you go back to Frank Sinatra, who was like notoriously a racist asshole and mm-hmm. like yeah. pretty abusive to basically everybody around him. And we know you're a fan of him. So, yeah. And I mean, in, in those situations, I'm also willing to give some leeway for societal norms at that time versus today. And obviously, yeah. like, you know, yes, there was still segregation and stuff like that in the world when Sinatra was there and racism was commonplace. I don't think yeah. that that's OK, but, you know, obviously we have come a long way since then. But it's it makes me more able to overlook that sort of thing than if it if it was today. Yeah. OK. Fair. I'm trying to think of anybody else from like back then who would be like, well, the other super... one, the other one for me is is obviously Alicia and I are big into Tolkien is and that he did have a couple of like problematic views that did bleed into his art. So the, the most commonly cited one, well, there was one recently, there was an article going around about like some sci-fi author that was trying to claim that Tolkien was racist because of his treatment of orcs as Mm -hmm. like this sort of, and and sort of anybody that has non-white skin is usually like an evil character in his books kind of thing. And that's, there might be something to that, but he also, if you go back and read some of his letters and stuff, agonized over those decisions and whether those people were truly evil or whether they thought they were doing, you know, the right things or whatever. But the one that I think stands a little bit more discussion is his treatment of dwarves. Cause if you look at the dwarves and how they're treated in the Hobbit in the books in particularly, they're basically like, they're pretty fucking anti-Semitic. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was one of the, actually, I think I had this conversation. This is a conversation I had with my father while I was reading those books, because for some reason he decided that it would be something we should talk about. Yeah. Um, like, like, I don't know if I would have caught it if he, if I, if he had not brought it to my attention, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, if I, I've never reread the Hobbit, but I remember going through bits and pieces of it and being like, oh yeah, this is pretty problematic, isn't it? Like just little bits, but not, it is there. So, yeah. And I mean, being like he fought in well, World War One, he was alive during World War Two. That was the period during which he would have been writing The Hobbit, I believe. Yeah. Well, it's just I mean, you know, you have these characters that are have, you know, 
large hook noses and long hair and are, you know, their sort of most prominent character trait is their greed and want for wealth and shiny things and gems and that kind of thing. And like, yeah, that's, that's, that's problematic. (laughs) Yeah. And on the nose too. I mean, (laughs) no pun intended, but like, yeah. And, and, but again, like that is societally, that was a more, like much more commonly held belief, commonly held opinion in that time, be it right or wrong. And so, you know, if, if somebody were to put out a character like that now, you would look at it and be like, whoa, 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 hold up here. Remember, Star Trek did do that in the 90s, though. Remember the Ferengi? They basically yeah, turned them into like, two true. channel logs. And like that was like, even the fandom was like, guys, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That was intense. So. Yeah. And that was like 1993. I, I have a thought about this, actually. I think sometimes it's hard to go back and look at art because you have to think about what the timeline was. Not that it's excusable behavior per se, but the fact that at the time that was a held belief by a large population. Not that it's right, but again, for the time, that that was the norm. I mean, something that I talked about with some friends yesterday, actually, just in prep for this, was that you look back at the show Friends, and Friends is interesting because, you know, at the time it was this really forward-thinking show, but they constantly make fun of Joey and Chandler's relationship being too too gay, and they're always making fun of each Mm -hmm. other for being gay. And Chandler's dad is, you know... uh, trans but they never actually say that they just talk about how his dad likes to dress up as a woman and Chandler's extraordinarily embarrassed by that but yeah and it's played by a woman instead of a man because they wanted to you know kind of mock that space and the thing with Monica and fat shaming always they constantly fat shame her and they're all white people but at the time it was extremely forward thinking because of the way they showed these relationships and because of the things that they'd done, and the fact they even talked about there being an opportunity for transgender characters, you know what I mean? Like, even though he wasn't necessarily trans, that anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But my point is, <laughs> I think that it is a really hard thing to go back and say that, you know, all these people are shit and the art they created was shit because of all the stuff that we know now. I think you just have to take it into context and consider what we've learned, appreciate the art for what it represented and what it was, but also not repeat the mistakes made. Because if we didn't have this art, if we didn't have these new expectations, we wouldn't have anything to learn from or anything to really use as a base of what not to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the last thing I have on this whole kind of thing, like I was thinking about the James Bond franchise in relation to this, where it's like, you go back into those 60s movies and stuff like that, and like they're pretty sexist. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty sexist and very rapey and stuff like that. Yeah. And like I love those fucking movies. Like, I'm not gonna not ever watch Dr. No or Goldfinger again because like the Bond character is questionable. It's just not gonna happen. But like, do I want maybe the new stuff to kind of be a little bit more Treat acceptable? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, absolutely. But then it's like you get that argument where it's like, is it even Bond at that point? Because his character is, he's a misogynist asshole. He's a killer, like but, he's a thug. So, like, but again, like our our perception of that and our level of that has has changed over the years. Oh yeah, where absolutely. you know you can have somebody be like 
charming and debonair without having them be like a manhandling asshole kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's become more nuanced over the years. And I kind of like the way they handle it with the Daniel Craig Bond, where like he is still a little aggressive in a lot of ways, but like they dress him down for it a lot. Women have a lot more agency yeah. and, and yeah. he gets like told like you're a piece of shit, like you're a dinosaur a lot kind of thing. Like you're like yeah. that kind of shit comes up more often. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does things like this. Yeah, like it, this is just not how it works anymore. And he's like, well, I'm still fucking doing yeah. it and it's still working. So I'm going to keep doing my thing. It's like, <laughs> well, all right, I guess that's how Bond's going to be fine. Yeah. But like, that is a franchise where you're like, there's a lot of questionable shit in the history of that franchise. And it's like, do I enjoy those movies any less because of what I know now or like what I think now? Yes and no. Like sometimes yeah. I'll watch them and be like, oh, that's questionable. But like, I'm still having a blast watching this James Bond movie that I've seen 40,000 times. That's like, my yeah. point is that yeah. as long as you can go back and look at the art or look at the thing that you're taking in with that lens, then yeah. it's still an effective piece of art. Yeah, fair. Okay. I know I agree. I totally agree with yeah. you. I'm just Oh, like, this isn't my you're disagreeing with yeah. me voice. This is my I'm passionate about this topic voice. <laughs> and fair enough. I sorry, yeah. Tim, go on. And it's important to go back and have that context and you know, it's it's very very much the whole, you know, if, uh those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. kind of thing. And so like there's stuff that that has not been released because of problematic, you know, problematic depictions or whatever that is and I think it should be. And I think it should be with a disclaimer saying like, Hey, this is the context. So one of the, one things that uh, comes to mind for those for me are the old, old Disney cartoons. So song of the South is one, oh, Oof, yeah. which is like the uncle Remus stories. And those are like near neither my heart, having lived in Georgia for like 10 years where those originated as well. And yeah, those are fucking problematic, but they're still part of the cultural and racial history of this country. And to just ignore them is to, you know, forget about that and to not understand the role that they played because they are not entirely negative. You know, they do have positive impacts on later media and later. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know that that's a tricky one for sure. And I, yeah, Yeah. I'm very much of the mind that I, I don't like censorship unless it's something that's just like straight up illegal or whatever. I think that it should be released, but and and Disney did this. Um, they released all of their old cartoons basically in chronological order on these uh, DVD sets about ten or so years ago, maybe fifteen years ago. Now they were called Disney Treasures, and some of those have really problematic depictions on them. And Leonard Maltin did the introductions to those those DVD sets, and any time that there was one that addressed like a sensitive topic or had like you know th- they would do like throwaway stuff where there would be like. You know, somebody would get hit in the head with a symbol and they would like become like this Asian stereotype for a minute with like the, you know, slanted eyes and like the buck mm-hmm. teeth and everything. The hat. Yeah. And the brimmed hat and everything. And so Leonard Malton at the start would say, you know, he would say, look, there's this depiction in here. It is, you know, it's not acceptable by today's standards, but at the time it was a pretty common form of humor. Yep. And that's kind of all you need is to say, hey, look. I understand this is not cool today, but this is the society that produced it. So just go into it knowing that. Yeah. And I, yeah, it, it all goes back to the lens that you view it through. Do you view it through a lens where you still think that's okay and argue that this is something that should still be produced and appreciated, in which case that's problematic? Or do you use it as a teaching you tool? Cringe at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of that idea. Like where, 
where can censorship be effective? And I think it's effective today. If you're producing something today, like a James Bond movie from the 60s, then we have a problem because it's been so discussed and there's so much literature and so many different documentations about how problematic those films can be. So yeah, contribute to rape culture and that kind of thing, which are things that we know now because we're actually willing to talk about them now. Exactly. Whereas at the time, it was just one of those things that would get swept under the rug. And that's why I think stuff like Buffy, going back to that, you can still show your 16-year-old daughter as long as you have a discussion that's open about it. It's all about having that open communication. If you're able to say, sweetheart, I want you to take in this really amazing show, but also be aware that during the filming, the director was doing some pretty craptacular things. So mm-hmm. appreciate the work. Don't follow the, um, what's the word? Don't follow the lessons of the director, example. the example of the director. Yeah. So, Cause like dicks yeah. sometimes have really interesting things to say. That's why there's politicians. But again, it's a matter of like, you can be a dick and still be an artist. And, but you know, it's a matter of, <laughs> what level your dickishness impacts those around you. Right. You know, if it's something where you're just like an asshole and kind of insufferable, like, and sometimes you yell at people and have outbursts, like, okay, I'm sort of willing to overlook that as like the sort of artiste quote unquote persona or archetype kind of thing, rather than like, Hey, I touch people inappropriately or like use my power to manipulate people (laughs) or that kind of thing. Like that's, yeah (laughs) that becomes problematic another that's another level yeah (laughs) cool i think we should probably get into the next segment do you guys have any like closing thoughts you want to say before we kind of move along just just that i think it it has to be a case-by-case basis yep uh you know it's it's not something where we can say it's a black and white judgment and it has to be a personal decision really you know it's you know can you at what point does it get bad enough that you say okay you're canceled in my brain Cool. And like, we want to hear from you guys too. So like, while like listeners get involved in the conversation, like hop on Facebook, let us know what's going uh, through your head. We had this conversation, obviously, because some of us are struggling with it. So uh, if you have thoughts on it, we'd like to hear from you too. So cool. That was good. I like, it was a good conversation. I thank you for, for... Mm -hmm. I think it needs to stop though, before we get nitty. Oh yeah. And that's where we're at. Because I'm moving us into geek credit. Before I get into a half hour conversation about Louis C.K. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention yeah. him. <laughs> Either way, so let's move on to geek cred. I mean, this is a topic that we can come back to at some point, and just like maybe just do a touch on, like reevaluate kind of thing, or even just like have a guest on that maybe has thoughts on it or something like that, and like touch on it again. So like this, I don't think this topic is going away anytime soon. Like it is something that is going to be kind of with us, probably in per- perpetuity for at least mm-hmm. like a while. So cool. Let's move on to geek cred and uh, get the hell out of here for this week. So let's start. Where do we start last time? Let's start with Tim this time. I think I'll make Christy start Geek, geek of the Week. Uh, do you guys have a thing you want to do or something ridiculous? I don't know what, how this works. This segment nah, doesn't nah. thing. All right. No. We Tim. <laughs> let's see. I We have gushed at length about uh, Blade Runner 2049 on this podcast. <sighs> and uh, I finally got around to watching my Blu-ray copy of it on Friday night and was like live messaging Mark and Christy during it. Yeah, and uh, I'd had a few drinks at that point. It was a good night. I know I was trying to watch mm-hmm. the Terminator, and I'm like, Tim's messaging me about Blade Runner, and I'm like, God damn it, Tim! Like, I'm trying to watch this other classic movie that I really enjoy, yeah. and you're making me think about watching another movie. And it was like midnight, and I was like, God damn it, I'm trying to go to bed. 
or like by bed, I mean, be stoned and listen to David Bowie records or whatever. So, <laughs> and yeah, that movie really holds up on home video for me. I mean, I've got a pretty nice home video setup, but uh, it still looked really good. Sounded amazing. Yeah, we're gonna, so we're going to do that shit in uh, 4k with Dolby Atmos when you come up. Yeah, so absolutely. So if you, if for whatever reason you were one of those people that uh, never went and saw Blade Runner in theaters, I think you should still, you know, and you had any interest in it. I think you should find yourself a good home video copy and, uh, and watch it. Cause I'm, I'm still on my kick that I think it is going to be my favorite movie of this decade, unless something fucking phenomenal comes out in the next couple of years. Uh, I'm still waiting to see how Endgame treats me. That's basically where I'm at with it right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Infinity War blew my mind. So like, that's pretty high up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no Blade Runner was, I fucking love that movie. Christy, like every time we start talking about Blade Runner, Christy's eyes just roll back to the back of her head. <laughs> She's just like, oh fuck this goddamn movie. Remember dorks with this yeah, fucking movie remember, again. I just, I, I saw the, I didn't see the director's cut. Of the first. No, we're talking about no, the new one. No, this is the new one. This is Blade Runner. We're talking about the new one that we saw together. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, but like, we rant about it constantly, and every time we rant about it, Christy either just like yeah, stops talking to okay. us in the chat, or just like does <laughs> this and shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. Christy's just like Jesus, guys, like <laughs> fucking get a room. <laughs> yeah, basically, we will. So now that's just how I feel every day. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's every I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Neither do I. I don't think there's anything unusual about Tim and I's relationship. No. All right, Christy, what was your uh, key credit? Right. Another right. one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> my geek cred would be what uh, Mark is watching in the background and uh, something I've been tuning into a little bit more lately and have always wanted to get more into and have started to is Adventure Time. This delightfully strange, obnoxiously weird show that is targeted towards children, but really not for children. No, it's not. It's for stoners, actually. It's for people who like yeah. to do acid and weed is what that should be <laughs> yeah. for. And I just saw the episode with Lemon Grab, um, where he's like, which is Justin Roiland. All yeah. I can hear is Morty. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, freaking out. Yeah. God, when does Rick and Morty come back? I want Rick and Morty back now. I don't know why. It just, it just occurred to me that I haven't <laughs> seen a new episode of that in, like, a year, and I would like more episodes now. Yeah. But, yeah, just the obnoxiousness of Lemon Grab. <laughs> just, like freaking out and when he gets a second lemon grab and that's the only time he can ever be okay i should try that show again because like when, the first time i watched it i was not you know indulging in anything herbal at that point i should like get stoned and try it again and see if it clicks with me because <laughs> freaking weird it is weird but like i'm into that when i'm baked so i'm like i could probably sit there and watch like two or three episodes of it and maybe i'd enjoy it now because like, when i've watched it straight i was like fuck this is ridiculous i can't watch this there's no way it's like an, watching it's... an acid trip a lot of the time yeah so it's it's super weird. It's so weird. It doesn't make sense, but it's great. I still prefer Gravity Falls 100%. Yeah. But, and like other, or like Steven Universe, but this one is pretty great and it's pretty ridiculous. Cool. Uh, for me this week, I was going to recommend, I've been watching my, so my sister and her now husband have been watching a show and they got me hooked on it. Um, have either of you ever seen the Goldbergs? Bits and pieces. It's it's another one of those oh. that's been on my radar for a while, and I've heard good things about it. Christy, you need to get on this. This is like your show. It might end up being my Big Bang Theory replacement as in terms of just like a standard network sitcom kind of thing when Big Bang Theory finally finishes later this year. It's I would it's it's up there with like it's getting into like community slash like thirty rock territory for me. Like, like I just enjoy it so much. It's not even really like a lot of meta humor. It's just like 
it's almost like a clean 80s sitcom totally subverted to be even more realistic than it really should be mm-hmm. so they're swearing at each other and like the mom is just like so invade like uncomfortably invasive in her kids lives and stuff like that and the dad does not give a shit it's hilarious the show's great so i definitely recommend it there are some there's a couple kevin smith directed episodes in like way later seasons i'm only in season two i don't think he really comes aboard till season four but like one of the guys who writes it not the lead guy adam goldberg is one of the nerdist guys i think jonah works on that show so oh cool yeah. So I thought that was pretty Jonah, cool. So like, I think that's Jonah Ray, comes. who's the MS Mystery Times three, three. Maybe thousand. it's the other guy. Maybe it's the other dude. Because there's the two co-hosts that worked with Hardwick, and I can't never remember which one's which. But one of the guys works on Goldberg's now too, because that's how Kevin Smith got involved. Mm. But I don't. Know, I've been watching. Like, I'll watch like I can watch about two or three episodes before like the cringe humor starts to kind of get to me. But I love those two or three episodes, and then I'm like out, and I just go and do, do something else. And then the next night I watch another two. It's been a lot of fun. So I recommend the Goldbergs to everybody. Also, if I can recommend something, Side A Side B put a new episode out. Go download it for me, <laughs> please. Please. You can listen to Paul rant about how much he hates new Alice in Chains because he goes on a unholy tear for about 45 minutes about the devil put dinosaurs here. He was not a fan. It was fun. So. <laughs> that'll be entertaining cool. to listen to. Oh, it'll be it'll be pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm like basically broken by halfway through that album. Like I I don't even care anymore. Let's just finish the shit because I don't want to hear you bitch about an album I like. Uh, anymore, like I can't take it anymore. That was like me, me making you listen to uh, Random Access Memory. Yeah, and like to be fair, he did put me through that fucking Joanna Newsom record, so I kind of feel like Turnabout's <laughs> fair play on this one. So, and I think I say that in the episode. I'm like, yeah, you made me listen to that Joanna Newsom record. This is what you get. <laughs> I didn't think he would hate it because he loved Dirt. So, anyway, uh, I think that's it for us, everybody. Um, thank you for listening, and please feel free to reach out if you you can do that via Twitter at drd underscore podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast for as long as fucking Facebook lasts these days. Hopefully that shit yeah. shut down. That I already said, did I say Twitter already? Yes, I did. Sorry. Uh, and then you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mark. This has been episode 124 of Dance Robot Dance. I've been here with Christy. Say goodnight. Goodnight, guys. And Tim. Good afternoon. There it is. <laughs> uh, we hope you have a good one. I was just going to let it happen. <laughs> you guys, what is going on? Don't, don't touch people and then make good art because it makes it hard for us to enjoy. Or, or vice versa. Don't make good art and then touch people. Or touch people while you're making good art. Like, just... How don't, about just, just don't, don't fucking touch people, touch people unless yeah. they tell you that it's okay to yeah. touch people? How does go. that sound? Like, let's, let's go with that. That's, and then just make it all any art you that's, that's the more you know of today's episode. Yeah, I'll put the sound effect in at the end of the episode <laughs> when I cut. How does that sound? Or the, the G.I. Joe. No, that's half it. the that's battle. Awesome. Don't touch people. <laughs> I like it. All right, we're out. Have a good one. Bye.